Guys, we're back uh, for another episode, second in as many weeks. This time, thanks to our wonderful friends at Games Workshop, who sent us an advanced copy of Shadow Throne, the new uh, box set featuring Custodes versus Gene Stiller Cult uh, in the heart of Terra. So thanks, Games Workshop. Uh, well, let's get to the review. Yes, we're back with another Danny's Hot Takes. This uh, one, College Finals Week edition, uh, as we <laughs> as we work through uh, the new Shadow Throne uh, box set with a uh, new Gene Stiller cult, uh, new Custodes, and some new rules that are in there. Uh, Danny. John, we are so back. So right? back, dude. Uh, so twice back. in a week. Uh, apparently, if people give us things, uh, we will record episodes. Uh, just don't True, tell our Patreons that. Uh, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to touch that one. But anyway. Fair. Let's talk about Shadow Throne. Hell yeah, let's talk about Shadow Throne. Dude, what a cool box. Absolutely. Like, I mean, everyone loves uh, every everyone loves Gene Steeler Cults and Custodes, right? Yep. Uh, big fan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good combination, I guess, because for one, you're going from like sort of a small elite army uh in the custodes uh to like the the large large unelite army necessarily of the gene stealer cult it's true but i think this kind of gives us some previews on where these codexes are going to go in the future and uh also kind of maybe some other new play style um but we'll see like uh as time goes on we'll see how many of these rules translate from this book over to the respective codex or uh, for, for either of these factions. I will say, before we move on, I do want to remind people listening, the, uh, Danny, you correctly predicted a lot of things based on other books. Uh, the way Necron, um, the, the, the armor for the tanks, the Necron tanks would work out based on a Crusade book uh, a while ago. Uh, oh, yeah. And other yeah. things on there. So, so Danny's pretty on the nose with this. We're pretty excited about this box, which is why we wanted to record. Uh, even though, like I said, Danny, you are balls deep in finals. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Halfway through, baby. Halfway through. Uh, but we want to talk about this amazing thing. We're going to start by doing something we never do. Uh, be entertaining and informative. Uh, while also talking about the background uh, that's provided in Shadow Throne. So, Danny, what is happening in Terra? All right. So, hold on. Okay. Am I trying? There's two things there. I feel like I need to. I need that we've never done before. Yep. Which is be entertaining and informative. Yes. And also, also talk about the background. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So if cool. you could do all three of those things that we haven't done in Fuck. years, uh, that'd be great. And then also tell <laughs> okay, me how cool. to do it. All right. So um, this basically details kind of the uh, like a gene steer called infestation on Earth. Um, so we saw it in kind of the new 40k rulebook uh, where they de- where they said, "Hey, like they're on Terra, like this is happening." And it was mm-hmm. only a matter of time, right, before this happened, really. Um, and so the Popper Princes uh, managed to get an infestation going on Earth, and like everyone goes apeshit, like like in- the in- like Inquisitors like decloak their teams, like it doesn't matter what they were working on before. Everybody is focused in on this, like. Mm-hmm. Like it was basically like uh, there was, like there was a gang fight and it escalated into like all of a sudden there was a bunch of monsters like coming out of the pipes and things like that. These inhuman uh, Xenos have Xenos have human monsters 
one team of arbiters kind of escapes and gets the signal out. And then that like triggers a bunch of stuff to happen after that. Like, and they barely leave. And they, they talk about how they rode in their repressor, which is kind of like a, an, like a tank that no longer exists <laughs> in 40 K, uh, which is cool. Anyway. I think my favorite um, thing about that is like the signs were all there. Like the traffic budget for stop sign replacement just shot up like 400%. <laughs> uh, like all of a sudden, like, like sewage workers went missing. I know it was, it, it was a, it was a bad time. Yeah. Um, but like full fledged, full Imperium response, you've got Astartes kill teams. You've got Soratos kill teams. Like you've got, uh, uh, stormtroopers, the Tempestus scions, like doing low orbital drops from Valkyries onto things. And they're like burning down an entire hab unit full of people to <clears throat> kill one Xenos. Like, you know, just the kind of stuff that you would expect the Imperium yeah. to do. Until finally, like, it doesn't feel like they're doing enough. Like, there's always something, like, that's escaping and, like, getting out. And so the custodians are like, all right, guys, like, uh, we'll take care of this from here. And so that's kind of where this campaign kind of starts. I think it's um, interesting. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's it seems like a weird place for the cult to go. Uh, in my eyes, right? Because I've always read, like, the Gene Sealer cult, their purpose was to show up on planets... Uh, former cult grow and, and kind of create this psychic link for the high fleet to follow to be like here's the good shit we follow the signal right. that they're sending out whereas Terra has uh, the astronomicon right which i mean this is like it this is this could be real like bad for the imperium fucking massive uh just beacon uh, there already and then there's just one patriarch is like yeah i did that that's all me come on in guys <laughs> But anyway, this is where the campaign starts. Custodians decide they have to jump in because we can't be burning down millions of people uh, to kill mm -hmm. two gene sealers. Yeah, and so it does talk about like uh, uh, like some of the new, a couple of the new units. Like it talks about the saboteur and kind of describes like their deal a little bit. Like there's not much information on them. They do talk more about the new blade champion model for the custodians a lot more. Like kind of describes some of their fluff. And it talks about how they kind of uh, like kind of tend to accumulate like almost kill teams of like bands of Sisters of Silence and Custodes together to mm -hmm. like uh, take on a particular quest. But basically a blade champion is like, is like a, a custode who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably better than the rest of the custodians at fighting. Um, but I'm going to like, I don't really want to do the leadership thing. I'm going to become more like, uh, <laughs> Like a shmi, a lone of wolf fighting, yeah, <laughs> a wolf back of one, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, they, uh, yeah, all they do is like they, they're they're basically their purpose is to like dual enemy commanders, but like they're just an ultimate, ultimate of the uh, ultimate uh, uh, weapon of the custodes. Like they're just brutal in combat. And then just to kind of jump around a little bit on this here, like this yeah. translates really well to how he plays on the table. Absolutely. So, so kind of what does that blade champ do apart from having like real sweet leather pants? Uh, he does. He and, does have some leather ass pants. Yeah. Well, what does um, the blade champ do on the table? Uh, so the blade champ, what he does, and I'm flipping to his, to his profile right now, because in this book, you not only do you get like a mini campaign, a crusade campaign that you can play with the models that come in the box, which is awesome. It has relics and battle scars and traits and things like that. Um, but it also has some missions that you can play to kind of play through this campaign. And it has all the profiles for the units that you can build out of the box, not just that you have. Like, so 
like it comes with a set of three Alaris custodians, for instance, mm-hmm. and it gives you the stat profiles for the custodians, the captain, and the Vexilla. Um, so that's super cool. Anyway, let's talk about the Blade Champion. Yeah. So uh, they did preview some of his uh, some of his abilities, like his weapon, the Vault Swords. Um, and it tells you like you he's got three different options. He's got Behemor, uh, Hurricanus, and Victus as like different fight modes. Mm-hmm. Um, his dances. What? No, these are not stances. Dances. These are like what? His dancing, right? Oh, dances. No, yeah. they're not dances. Get out of here. Okay. Um, he's got uh, the consummate swordsman rule, so he uh, you can only ever hit him on a four plus. So even if your enemy characters like it's like transhuman, but on the to hit roll. Which I thought is a great, like, I would like to see more units like that. Mm-hmm. I hope, like, maybe Eldar gets some units like that. I think that would be really cool for things like Harlequins and things like that. or like, maybe Almost like an old school parry. Exactly. Exactly. And he also gets plus one to his armor save in combat. Now, one weird thing about this model, because he does have leather pants, is he does have a three-up armor save. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot different than, a, than you would expect him to be. Um. He's got a martial inspiration. So while a friendly shield host unit declares a charge against an enemy unit that's engagement range with the blade champion, they get plus one to charge, uh, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then he has the legacy of combat. Um, he can heroically intervene uh, within six inches uh, instead of just three, and he can move six. Um, and he doesn't have to... Uh, when he makes a heroic intervention move, so long as it ends that move, either closer to the closest enemy model or within engagement range of an enemy character, it can move up to six inches, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets fight first all the time. Which is awesome. So he's got he's movement six, two up weapon skill and ballistic skill, even though he doesn't have a shooting weapon. Um, he does have strength and toughness five like you would expect from custody. He's seven wounds. That's crazy. And six attacks. Um, so he can make 12 attacks in Hurricanus pattern or six attacks on either of the other ones, which are very good uh, as well. So yeah, he's dope. So where I does really he sort like of fit in, in your custodies list? Cause you said he's sort of like a, a buffing character where he can help uh, maybe other units charge in, but it almost seems to be like you need to kind of rush him headlong into that unit, like enemy first. I think you want to bring him like, uh, as a supporting, like uh, melee character. I think you want him to like to be defending objectives. Mm-hmm. Basically, like you put him in such a way that if the enemy wants to get on the objective, they're going to be in heroic intervention range. So there's no way to kind of like get out of this guy's threat range. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the plus one to charge is kind of incidental, I would say. Like that's nice, but it's not a must have. Are you sort it's of. It's kind of cool if you pair him up with maybe something that comes in from Deep Strike. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying, are you sort of worried about like that role of kind of guarding that objective and in, in a very sort of uh model light army like custodes of kind of having this guy out in the open or even kind of in a ruin with a three up save which seven wounds is great but as we've kind of seen this is like the killiest edition of warhammer yeah well he is still a character so you probably are going to have to kill units around him mm-hmm. um especially if he's like kind of hanging out with a dreadnought like that just makes it even more difficult to get rid of him um but uh i think i think he's totally fine for that role like he'll he'll dice up whatever he hits um, like he's got a lot of attacks he hits on twos. Plus he's got the, all the martial katas as well mm-hmm. that he the gets dances. the benefit from. Yeah. No, those are not dances, John. Those are forms. Of dance. I don't know yeah. what your, your obsession with dancing is. It's not my obsession. It's the custodians that are doing it. And speaking of custodians, Danny, there's a lot of updates. You're just to making those. things up. 
<laughs> Jim Carter. That's all it is. But anyway, uh, speaking of custodians, a lot of changes to the data sheets in there, right? Like some weapon refinements. Yeah, I think so. I think there's some weapon refinements and bonuses there. Um, so we've got things like uh, the Alaris custodians, like axes, spears. They're two flat damage instead of being. D3. And then Alaris would be the the Terminator guys. The, the yeah, the Terminators, users, right? Yeah. They also changed their unit size from uh, three to nine, from to one to six. So mm-hmm. you can take them as individual units, which is kind of interesting. I think there might be some play there. Um, based on their power level, the three power level apiece that kind of puts them in the sixty point range, um, yep. which is a significant, which is a pretty decent decrease uh, of points, uh, assuming that they're kind of are right around sixty points. And um, I- also. I will say, I was going to say, add in here really quick, that points values were not provided in this book here. So that's why I feel like Games Workshop is maybe releasing some of those point values so you can use that Blade Champion and the Saboteur in match play. Mm -hmm. Um, The Ballistics Grenade Launcher also uh, is uh, 18 inches Assault D3, Strength 5, minus 3 AP. So it got plus 1 Strength and plus 6 inches of range on that. So that's pretty cool. It's really good. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty great. Um, and also they have the, they have the same like kind of Slayer of Tyrants role. They can consolidate towards, uh, when they pile in and consolidate, they can move towards the closest enemy character instead of the closest unit. Mm -hmm. So you can do some cool tricks with the, with the Lars custodians and getting them into, uh, into, into characters and stuff like that, or just kind of out of combat. Yeah, or towards objectives and things as well, right? But depending Absolutely. On how there's a ton of there's a yeah. ton of little micro movement play there that you can do. Danny, I heard you're a real big so. fan of like micro movement shenanigans to fuck people. You know, you know, I'm into it. John. Yeah, love it. Um, the shield captain, uh, that profile changed. He's got uh, the Alaris captain has eight wounds now instead of I think he had six or seven before. Mm-hmm. I think he was seven. Um, and he's got six attacks, so he got an extra attack as well. All custodies, all the custodies are also leadership eleven, which is nice. Yeah, um, which I think this is the first time we've seen something go that high, like on a base stat line profile, right? I Outside think so, of yeah. wounds, it's pretty cool. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see it. It's, uh, I think it's good to play around with those numbers and kind of make them more meaningful. It's nice that you can take a squad of five custodies in a squad and never have to worry about losing one to leadership unless you can put negative modifiers on. Them. Which totally makes sense based on the background yeah. and who they are in the story. Yeah. And I think that's a really smart, simple way to re- reflect that in game, is just Absolutely. giving them a leadership eleven. Yep, yep, to- totally agree with that. Uh, the other thing that's changed, we have the Vexel's Praetor, so the banners have changed a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, uh, you first of all, it has a rule that you can only include one of any kind of banner, so you can only have one of the three different kinds of banners oh, in your army, God. so you can't like double up on them. Yeah. Uh, and they also got an extra wound, so he's seven wounds and four attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensor is light cover instead of uh, uh, instead of what was that thing? Uh, I think it was a five plus invulnerable save mm-hmm. for Imperium units. Um, and then uh, the Imperialis is still plus one attack, and the Magnifica is now instead of minus one to hit, it's dense cover. And these all of these only affect Shield Coast. Shield host core or character units, not any other units. Mm-hmm. So there's not points values associated with the different banners, so I don't know how much they cost. Um, finally, uh, we have the uh, uh, the three units, the three different kinds of Sisters of Silence units for them. Uh, so we've got the Witch Seekers, which are the Flamer units. Um, they go into the fast attack slot now instead of they were all, I think, elites before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they get... Uh, they get a rule that gives them an advance move before the game starts, as well as their transport. 
very nice. And their flamers also got an extra minus one AP. Mm-hmm. So they have minus one AP flamers. How does uh, it specify the wording on that transport? Does that include that weird, like, dune worm shaped tank that the Forge World produced? There's no 40k rules for that yet. So, oh, good, good. But it is, it is worded. So, if that does get rules, it will be able to benefit. Nice. Yeah. Who would want to see that beautiful model on a table? I would. This guy. I would love to yeah, see Yeah, me that. too. It's red. I'm into it. Um, the Vigilators are, elite, are an elite's choice. Those are, the, those are the girls with the swords. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, we have the Prosecutors, which are now a troop's choice. Um, so Custodian's got another troop, which is pretty interesting, especially one that's pretty cheap. Um, these are the girls with bolters. Um, they just have normal bolters, and they have normal kind of Sisters of Battle statistics, except they have two attacks in Movement 7, and they, of course, have the Daughters of the Abyssibility, which is the... The thing they had before, probably, where they got to ignore psychic powers. But they describe the abilities. Like, they say what they are, but it says C, Codex, Adeptus, Custodes, but they don't tell us what it is. Shucks. So I couldn't actually tell you what that does. How many points is that unit now? Or what was the power level of that troop's choice? They're power level three, so you could expect, like, maybe 12 points a model. Yeah. Um, which for which, custodes is great to have that option of yeah. having a troop's choice that isn't, you know, 10 times more expensive than every other unit. Right, like as an individual custodian is like 40 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, getting a prosecutor unit for 60 points instead of one custodian for 30 is a pretty good trade-off. That's a good way to kind of uh, beef out your, your slots so you can take like a battalion and have a few more slots and things without spending a ton of points. Those elite Plus slots. it gives you some objective monkeys and stuff like that that you can hang yeah. out on the back of the table. I think just the excitement of being able to take a battalion uh, at a reasonable cost, saving yourself 3 right. CP. Um, and then also having those six elite slots is going to be super handy. Absolutely. Well, and like, keep in mind too, that like, uh, before a custodian battalion was like minimum, like 600 points or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, so it was crazy for just the base cost of it. So now you get like kind of maybe a, a cheaper HQ in the form of the, uh, uh, the, the blade champ, mm-hmm. um, who's less expensive than, than a captain confirm one time. Yeah, right. He's 110, um, and he's power level 7. Oh, I guess the shield captain is also power level 7. So I guess we'll see We'll, we'll see if he's actually, if he's roughly the same cost. That'd be fine. Um, also, his aura is now core locked, and all the sisters' units are core. Um, so uh, that'll be interesting. It'll also be cool to see the HQ choice, which is not an option, or which is not... Uh, they don't give us the data sheet for that one, so I don't know exactly what the what the new HQ. So, do you believe that is going to be a new kit? No, no. So, I was looking at the instructions. Okay, wonderful, <laughs> love it, cool. Uh, Always a good thing to do. Right, right. As as, as one does when one builds models, um, typically. Uh, but the uh, the instructions for um, them, uh, it has. Oh no, it's just a sister superior. I think you can probably build it from that kit if you wanted to, like just make it nice, nicer looking, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, do what you want. Uh, also, you can use the model from the two special characters. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the pair of what are they? Uh, Valer- Valerian and uh, Ayala or whatever. Chloe, yeah. I don't, I don't remember her name. I'm probably butchering that, and for that, I apologize because that was a great book. It was, and I, I read as well. Some leaks have come out that, in fact, they will be separate HQ choices. Awesome. And that's great. Book. Or you can use that excellent Forge World uh, Janetta Kroll model or whatever. Oh, that one's so good. Um, Janessa Kroll, yeah. If you want to use her for your HQ, that would be that would look really cool. Cool. 
Awesome. So what are kind of our thoughts here uh, about the custodians uh, just from what we're seeing from this book here and the changes? Man, some exciting new options. Um, now that they previewed the Marshall Cotta's role a little bit on Warhammer Community, there's definitely some cool play there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to see what the Sisters of Silence stuff does. Um, either A, their stratagems, which they should have. I bet they have some cool anti-psycho oh, yeah, strats. Yeah. Um, as well as seeing uh, and seeing what Daughters of the Abyss does exactly. That mm-hmm. should be cool. Um, yeah, but I can't wait to see the rest of the book. I'm, I'm excited for the Custodians release. I just painted up the Blade Warden. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, he's a super awesome model. Which, fingers crossed, should be on, on the Facebook page um, or, or the Twitter uh, tomorrow, if we remember, but a great model. Uh, and Danny, a multi, uh, almost a multi-pose kit as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you, give, you get some options there. Uh, which is pretty cool. You get the option for uh, uh, either the one two-handed sword, like it's like it's been shown, or you can do two swords. Um, so you can have a sword in each hand, um, and you get three different head options. So you have a lot of different choices, especially if you're going if you want to run three of them for some reason. Because mm-hmm. you, you, which know, I do, three. John, that's my team list, by the way. Oh, good, good. Mine's just impulsors with multi melters. But the custodians are not the only people at this party. Gene Steeler call, uh, long time, uh, kind of bottom tier, uh, codex in ninth edition, uh, have really been sort of struggling without splashing in like 90% turnids when even then, uh, like 5% Gene Steeler, like 5% Gene Steeler call, 90% turnids, uh, even then kind of still struggling. We saw some early builds, uh, kind of see some success, but kind of quickly, uh, snuffed out by ninth edition in general. How yeah. does the, the cult look? We'll start with uh, the Saboteur, uh, the new unit. Oh, the Saboteur, yeah, the new model. So yeah. she's an elite choice, which is pretty cool. Um, she's got the conceal ability and unquestioning loyalty. So conceal is the new like under is like the new ambush ability, um, yeah. which is relatively unchanged. Um, so yeah, why you don't you can... go through probably first like the changes or, or what conceal is now? Conceal is almost exactly the same. So it's the same as Underground Ambush, I would oh, say. Good to know. Um, it's a core and character locked, or a core and or core and bike type locked for the units that can deploy underground. But otherwise, it's the same. We'll see which units maintain the conceal ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't expect to see any Lehman Russes jumping out from the sewers. I'd be surprised, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they <laughs> maybe they hide them under like a trash pile or something like that. I just want to see Do this. Do you cults or? This oh, imperial ahead. crossroads where they have just this giant Lehman Russ covered in Gene Steeler Cult mocking and then like a small towel over the turret. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they're like the raccoons of the Warhammer 40, Warhammer 40K. <laughs> they just like live in the trash. <laughs> um, man, just she. So first of all, she has every single type of grenade that you can give to Gene Steeler Cults like models. Oh. So she's got blasting charges. She's got demolition charges she's got frag grenades and then she also has her own remote explosives which is a really cool ranged attack like her other abilities that they previewed on on games workshop i won't go crazy into those um they're 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 fine like it's a one shot but this gives you an assault 2d3 with blast at strength 8 minus 3 that does flat three damage against vehicles and monsters like it is an awesome ability Mm -hmm. and her clandestine ability which makes her minus one to hit uh, from ranged attacks and you can't shoot her at all unless you're within 12 as long as she's within a terrain feature is amazing for like objective holding and stuff like that on the backfield so do you think uh, you're going to see clandestine kind of go to other gene stealer cult characters because gene stealer totally cult cool. are character heavy especially in that yeah. elite slot 
Well, yeah, I was actually talking about that tonight um, with some folks, uh, just talking about the overall Gene Stiller Cult's book, right? And, like, they actually have more character choices than, like, box sets that are available. <laughs> like, for other units. Yeah. Like, they have more characters than other units. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be character heavy. Um, I really like the rules for the Neophyte hybrids. Um, they got a really cool new rule. Well, they, they got Crossfire, which they talked about on Games Workshop's website, which is great. Great game. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but man, uh, the cult icon, mm-hmm. it now just brings back D six models, dead models in your command phase every single time. So unless you kill the whole squad, they're getting back D six guys every turn, which is uh, great. that's really cool. Yeah. And we'll see how much that costs. So the thing I like about that is it's pretty thematic, um, yeah. to, to like be constantly responding like from the bottom and also an extra like one to six hybrids isn't game breaking um or no. like there's a no point where i'm like oh no you like if i'm shooting into necro and warriors or immortals and they all get back up i'm mad because that was really hard to do um but if i see like an extra six uh, cult or hybrids come up then i'm like okay that's fine um and while i might get an objective or, or screw up my game plan it just means i i as an opponent have to really change my plan uh to making sure that unit is dead 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 which again, right. going against cult, super nice to know that hey, you have to shoot at this until it's dead. Yeah, uh, which is which is great because um, that could easily be the last model or like one of the last models, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, they did change a couple of the other uh, things. Uh, the uh, mining laser is now heavy one, uh, strength nine minus three. Uh, I think it was heavy two before. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean I'm, I'm actually I'm probably wrong on that. I think it was just a last cannon that was twenty four inches. Um, uh, the seismic cannon is now, uh, heavy six, strength four, minus one, one damage, or heavy three, strength six, minus two, two damage. So you get some variation there that you can do. And it's two of each of the heavy weapons per 10 models. So if you can include a full squad of 20 models, you can have like four, um, uh, you can have like four mining lasers and 20 men model, which is pretty cool. Um, does that cannons. does that match sort of what's available in the box set? Kind of like I actually with, don't think it is. With a lot, of, which you is only get bizarre. Well, so but you can take a mining laser and like a heavy stubber. That's that's available in the mm-hmm. kit, or like a uh, uh, or a seismic cannon. Like both of those options are available. So you could take the you could take like two seismic cannons, two. Uh, mining lasers if you want to mm-hmm. or if you wanted to buy a bunch of boxes like you can do you can do the thing um you're doing g-stiller it's not a cheap army to start with it's fine no yeah look guys like <laughs> it's gonna be a very we, expensive we've established army. that it's probably the most expensive army the games workshop has if you want to if you want to do that but yeah hey like if you want to if you want to spend the extra bucks on your army to do that uh, i'm sure games workshop would love that but uh, also uh that's on that's up to you if you want to you don't have to you can just take 10 You absolutely have to. This is an advertisement for GW. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, and then the uh, the Weber got a rules change. This thing changes like rules every single edition. I was going to say, it um, feels like this isn't the first time that they've changed the Weber. No, 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 not at all. Um, so it's now, it's it's range is 16 inches, which is a weird range. Okay. Um, I'm trying to like do the math about like the table length and no man, you know, and things like that. And I'm like, I still can't figure out why 16. Just go with it, man. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Just go with it. Um, it's a blast. Um, you don't roll the hit. So it auto hits. Okay. At eight, at 16 inches. 
And then you roll for each hit, you roll a D6. And if you roll greater than the highest strength characteristic of a model in that unit, they take a mortal wound. It's actually not bad. Not I bad. Think. No, like. Not my first choice average, to go into custodes, like, but you know. Sure. Yeah. It's probably bad against strength five models, but there's not a ton of strength five models based in the game. I feel like. Yeah. Um, mostly it's all weapon profile based, right? So typically you're doing like, if you had two of them in your, in your list, you're doing like one or two mortal wounds, which is like just a nice little bonus against a lot of squads, especially really tough ones. Like let's say, uh, Oh, our, uh, are like death shroud. Are they like strength five or are they strength four base? Uh, I believe I strength four. four. Yeah. They might be five. I they might know. be. That's possible. Uh, I'm That's a terrible possible. person. I don't have any of my stuff in front of me here. So that's fine. You've just forgotten how they work. I get it. It's been so, so long uh, since I played Death Car. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also take, uh, for t- for every 10, you can take up to two Webers, Flamers, or Grenade Launchers. So you have options there as well. All right. Um, then you have the three characters that come in the box because it comes with all the other characters. Mm-hmm. Naturally, it's a Gene Stealer cult box, so it's four Gene Stealer cult characters and ten Neophytes. <laughs> um well, uh, I, I think that that's more so how to have the sprues laid out, right? Because those three yeah, characters yeah. are kind of one anyway. Yeah, they all come in the same sprue because they were all part of that that box set that initially came out. The, the, the Undertow Death, death, watch, death uh, Kill. Yeah. Maximum Kill or like yeah, Death Watch Death Kill. Is that what death it was? Watch death Kill? <laughs> Skull Edition. I think it was Overkill, right? Death Watch Overkill. Yeah, it was the, like, yeah. I think that was the first uh, release of the Gene Stiller Cults. Yep, that was mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so Patriarch, first up. Uh, he did change quite a bit. Um, he went down to strength, so he's now only strength five. Um, he's got seven wounds, uh, six attacks. He's got the Patriarch's Claws, which are strength user minus three, two flat damage instead of D3. Mm-hmm. And it still has the rule if you roll a six to hit, it goes to AP minus six and uh, damage flat three, which is nice. So he keeps the flat three damage on those and is otherwise damage two. So you get kind of an evening effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still gets to reroll the two and roll. So he's like, he's still not bad in combat. Um, obviously, I mean, he's, you know, seven wounds, six attacks is pretty good. Um, one thing he does not have, and this is something that all of the Gene Stealer, co- oh, I'm sorry, the Magus does have, uh, oh, the Magus and the Primus have unquestioning loyalty. Um, the Patriarch does not. Well, who's he loyal to? No, no, other people aren't loyal to him. Oh, oh, that is used, interesting. Yeah, which is which is kind of weird. Um, maybe they just thought that made him too hard to kill. Because what does unquestioning does, loyalty do? Uh, in the in the last codex, and I'm not sure what it does now mm-hmm. or what it'll do in the future. Um, it was like a four plus. You could it, when you take a wound, you can roll a d6 on a four plus. A unit within, I think it was three inches, maybe six inches. I think it's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, takes a mortal wound, or no, sorry, loses a model. Like a model dies. Um, instead of him taking that mm-hmm. one. So normally it's a one-to-one, but sometimes if you're like an aberrant or something like that, you'll lose somebody more important. Um, he can still advance and charge, and his aura changed. Um, so friendly cult units within six um, ignore combat attrition modifiers. So it used to be they just auto-pass morale tests. Um, I think it was probably broken if they would have kept it like it was, because right. you could just take a ton of like, you take a bunch of patriarchs and a bunch of neophytes, and use just crossfire and just like, okay, well, cool. He, he, these are never going to run away either. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to get back these six models every turn, blah, 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 blah. It was uh, insanely powerful. Could so, you see um, uh, Patriarch being limited to one? 
Yeah, I think it's probably definitely going to be one per detachment. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be one per army. I'm not really sure. I'm sure he's going to have to be the warlord. Right. Um, he also is still a psyker, and he gets to, instead of casting one power, he gets he does always get to cast two powers a turn, which is nice. It's a really good upgrade. Um, and then the uh, uh, the psychic familiar lets you reroll one psychic test once per game. But it doesn't otherwise do anything else. It's not wounds. It's not anything else. And that's something, a theme we saw through the rest of the Genesular Cult part, right? Well, it, well, the familiar is both is on the Magus as well. But uh, they did make it so that, uh, in general, these like little like tag-along characters are no longer actually... Like, like uh, Grot Orderlies and Grot Oilers and stuff like that don't actually have stats in the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they just do a thing, and then you, they're like a marker, and then you remove it. Nice. Which is better, which is cleaner. It's yeah. better for the game. No ablative wound grots or, or familiars in <laughs> right. this case. Right, right. Um, so the Primus is uh, is different as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, his pistol is damage D3 and always wounds stuff on a 2 plus unless it's a vehicle or a Titanic, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, his stat line is the same, I believe. Uh, he's got his cult bone sword is plus one strength, minus two AP, two flat damage. That's really um, good. So he's got a multi-damage weapon, which is pretty cool. He did not have that before. And then he has this toxin injector claw, which is wound on a two plus AP minus one. And it gets you get to make an extra attack with that. So he does get five attacks um, total between his two weapons. So they changed him so that Cult Demagog is no longer plus one to hit within a six inch aura. Now it's reroll ones to hit. I think this is because they're changing the cult icon from reroll ones to hit in melee for a unit to instead be bring back dead models. Yeah. Um so the real ones is definitely pretty welcome. And his other ability, the meticulous planner, I think is way better. Uh, previously that was, you get to, when a unit arrives from uh, underground ambush, you get to, you get to pick a unit when he arrives as well. And they get to reroll ones to wound. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's just every turn within nine inches, you pick a unit in your command phase, they reroll ones to wound. Um, uh, and it's just an attack. It's not anything else. So it's, you just pick a core unit, they get to reroll once to wound. This could be on a you know a big blob of shooty guys, mm-hmm. um, whatever you need it to be. So I think that's really cool. Definitely makes him feel a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, then finally, we have the Magus. Um, he didn't change a ton. Uh, the two things that are important: spiritual leader now gives you a five up feel no pain against mortal wounds, um, instead of you being able to deny psychic powers that get cast on you uh, on units within six. <laughs> Huh. So how, how do you feel about that? Because that's kind of, I, I would say, in my kind of you know lower table opinion here, like a side grade, where it's not yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a good way to protect a unit that doesn't otherwise have a feel no pain. I think. Um, like I think it's probably it's you can use it on bikers, so I think mm-hmm. it's probably good on the like the jackals because they're minus one to hit naturally from shooting. Mm-hmm. So they're already a little bit more resilient than other stuff to shooting. Uh, just a little bit, though. Not not a lot. Like, nothing in this book Nothing in this book is going to be tough, right? That's that's not right. the point of this army. Um, otherwise, I mean, like, how often does it come up when, like, stuff was casting psychic powers at your, at your units? Like, not that often, I mm-hmm. would say. This at least lets you use it against things that just do mortal wounds, like snipers or... Um, other psychic powers uh, or, yeah or, or psychic powers or an exploding vehicle close mm-hmm. by like that kind of stuff it'll at least give you a save against that um and then he also is always now cast to deny one 
um, which is great because you had to pay command points for him to be able to do that before. Mm-hmm. So he was a cast one psychic power, and now he's a cast two, which is awesome because GSC psychic powers are generally really good. Right. No, for sure. And the only points confirmation we really have out of this was the uh, saboteur, who was 80 points, I believe. Yep. 80 um, which is a great deal for again, as Danny was saying, like a little objective holder who can sit in a ruin and not get shot. Um, and also, sorry, Danny, were you gonna say? And oh, and shoot and shoot her explosives and stuff. Yeah, right? like well, yeah. now so you gotta you gotta go with, the, go with the fluff. She isn't shooting explosives. She is yeah, she's detonating the detonating ones right? she placed earlier. Which if you're shooting is anything like mine, she just covered that entire battlefield in millions of mines. And has like a control board exactly. in front of her to be like, okay, sector seven G seven. Well, yeah, she's playing battleship over there and like just making <laughs> units. Yeah. Um, oh, and I it, think like taking mm. three of these is not a terrible choice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great unit to just like it. Like, their sh- her shooting attack is great. It's an assault weapon too, so like, you're not going to suffer any penalty for moving and shooting with it. Um, also, and, like, it like a- with the the kind of growth of indirect fire in the meta, having three units that can hold an objective in the backfield, like as long as there's a ruin, and if guys, player plays terrain at the majority of events, you can make sure there are, are terrain features on every one of your objectives or near so that they can hold it. Um, yep. The stranglehold points alone for guaranteeing you're holding three every turn in some of these missions is huge. And it really forces yeah. your opponent to come to you to shoot at these people to deny you primary um, while also getting in range of your scarier threats like aberrants and, and gene stealers. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I think the saboteur is great. Uh, uh, yeah, even even if you wanted to use her kind of in the midfield, because her gun is only 24 inches. Mm-hmm. Um still awesome like just can do a lot of work gives you a lot of options um and uh yeah uh gotta love those gsc characters 80 points is a good deal for what she is so i know it's a weird question because one army was just splashed into other armies to to make them a little bit better with custodes um though you do have some people out there doing really good work with them um and you haven't really heard of anyone doing amazing work with gene sealer call who made out better out of this supplement like who has the biggest upgrade you you feel power wise Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I would say they're probably about even. I think the problem with this is it's hard to judge based mm-hmm. on uh, <clears throat> based on uh, like the limited amount of rules that I can see out of this because these units are obviously redesigned with specific rules in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not seeing the whole picture. We're only seeing a very small slice of it. I think overall the GSC probably gets a more useful character, but GSC is still so not good right now that like i think they're gonna have a hard time utilizing that effectively right um although i know that uh some of the people that i've been talking to have said that they are thinking of taking the reductive saboteur in their in their list like even just allying it in with other with as like a hive mind force mm-hmm. um, i was gonna say kind so, of like you would have your tyranid main and then you would maybe have like a vanguard of three saboteurs and like mm-hmm. a cheap hq sure yeah or a patrol with mm-hmm. like a cheap HQ, two saboteurs, or one saboteur. Mm-hmm. Even one is fine. Um, it just gives you a like it like it, she can deep strike, so she can appear anywhere. Mm-hmm. So she could even appear in your opponent's backfield, and then like, do they have? Do they go turn around and deal with her? Like, what then? Mm-hmm. So, so Danny, you play both of these armies and have before. Which are you most excited about in the upcoming couple months? Well, I did just paint the Blade Champion, so I'm probably more, I'm probably biased. I'm more excited about that. I have like this long term, like 
GSC Tyranid list that I'd like to build. That's mm-hmm. kind of like a really big hobby project, but that's so far down the line right now. I gotta, I, I've got way too many other projects kind of uh, backed up before I can get started on that one. So someday, but I, I'm excited about her when I do get start that project because I would like it to be heavily gene sealers with only some Tyranids. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Robin, I was like, it's not going to be a super long episode today, guys. This is like I said, a hot takes uh, in audio form. Uh, what are your overall impressions of the Shadow Crusade box? I think it's a good deal, especially if you play either one of these armies or um, you just want to have like a fun little narrative campaign with your friend where like you kind of each build up one of the halves and kind of play some missions. I think they could be really fun. Um, it's stuff like uh, like fighting in amongst the rubble and like when you corner the like the patriarch and stuff like that. Like, And there's all different kinds of bonuses for that, which are pretty cool. And then kind of the little crusade rules are pretty fun. Like there's some relics and things like that that you can upgrade your, your guys stuff to. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty fun. Nice. So kind of a great addition to anyone with an existing custodes or gene stealer call army. Um, or even if you were looking for just a fun two player experience uh, without breaking the bank, uh, you have just a fully formed campaign here. And then Danny, just to spoil it all, who wins? No one. Oh, man. And there you have it. I'm pretty sure the Patriarch escapes at the end. The classic 40K of the entire yeah. cult's dead, apart from the Patriarch, who stumbled away uh, to live another day. Danny, any more thoughts before we wrap this up uh, for Shadow Throne? Uh, no, yeah, go, go ahead and check it out. Uh, again, like if you play these armies, I think it's it's cool. You're definitely going to get a model a lot earlier than you normally would because who knows when these books are actually going to get released. Um just like with delays and things like that, quarter it's, it's hard one. to say when exactly anything. Just don't happen. say the year. Yeah, quarter one. Quarter that one. could be March. Yeah. <laughs> um, of 2023. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm sure it'll be out no. here soon. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I uh, want to thank Games Workshop for sending us this advanced copy. Uh, Danny, like, as he said, has had a great time putting the models together, kind of really delving into the lore of that there and kind of seeing the changes. Both of us are very excited to see what's coming uh, for Custodes and Gene Steeler Cult, which I'm sure we're going to follow up with very soon. Uh, with some more hot takes uh feel free to check us out uh anytime we decide to record a mob rules or every monday on the frontline gaming network uh with grim after dark um this monday uh we talk to taylor again for part two of our infinite and the divine and the taylor uh and it's insanity but outside of that for mob rules uh i've been john i've been danny and we'll see you next time or period